That blockade on Nova Scotia's Route 104 at the line with New Brunswick was broken up by the Mounties overnight. The Nova Scotia legislator who went on Facebook encouraging people to block that road, well, she's been blocked out of her political party. In New York, the police say a fatal shooting of a man in his Beamer might be part of a Manhattan mugging pattern with the NYPD chief of detectives saying, this looks like a straight up robbery crew. And the bill is $850. That's what Vermont wants from that Newport shopkeeper who lost his UPS store franchise in the middle of it. It was all over being defiant over the state's mask mandate. A slightly warmer day in northeast Vermont today with 75 in St. John's as we cool down at 6 o'clock, down to 45 tonight. I'm Bob Welch. The final weekday edition of Bob's World is next. You can help save a life. See someone unconscious, not breathing? Call 911 for the paramedics. Start CPR and ask for the automated external defibrillator. Toronto EMS has 1,400 AEDs in public places like TTC subway stations and community centers. Help a paramedic save a life. I'm really happy to talk to you today. And thanks to EMS, I'm here. Find out more at torontoems.ca so I can play sports and see my friends without having to worry about anything. I'm ready for concerts to be back and just have a life again. So I can actually eat pizza at my favorite pizza place. Because I'm ready to travel again. So that I can sit on the couch, read my granddaughter books, and hug her when there's a happy ending. We each have our own reason for why we're getting vaccinated against COVID-19. What will yours be? Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org for information on the COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Bob's World. Thursday, June 24th, 2021. Good afternoon, I'm Bob Welch and here's what's happening. Nova Scotia RCMP arrested three people last night at a blockade of the Trans-Canada Highway, also known as Nova Scotia's Highway 104, it was at the Nova Scotia-New Brunswick provincial line. The blockade began Tuesday afternoon as a protest to travel restrictions opposed by Nova Scotia on travelers coming from New Brunswick. Traffic was blocked for more than 24 hours. It led to disruptions on both sides of the provincial line to individuals, businesses, and vital services, including health care. The Mounties say between 9 and 10 last night, officers were able to peacefully dismantle the illegal blockade and move the protesters out of the roadway. Police say three protesters who failed to comply were arrested for mischief. They were later released on undertakings and will appear in court at a later date. Corporal Chris Marshall, public information officer with Nova Scotia RCMP, tells CTV Atlantic, quote, On one hand, every single one of us have the right to protest, but you can't block a highway. That's a criminal offense, so it's very much a balancing act. The RCMP, in a press release issued today, wrote the following. The RCMP respects the charter rights of all Canadians to peacefully assemble. However, blockading a highway is a criminal offense, and this type of action will not be tolerated. It goes on to say, Our members balance the protesters' rights with enforcing the law, and after unsuccessfully trying to resolve the blockade through dialogue, the protesters left the RCMP with no choice other than to move in and begin effecting arrests in an effort to dismantle the blockade and reopen the highway. 
And as of 10 last night, eastbound traffic was flowing again after the Trans-Canada was closed to traffic again for more than 24 hours with vehicles and protesters blocking the east and westbound lanes near the Nova Scotia Visitor Centre. The RCMP says they are maintaining a presence in that area for a while. Now, we know you've got a lot going on, so I want to recap that blockade. It was all because Nova Scotia said New Brunswickers would need to quarantine upon entry to the neighboring province when it did not have that stipulation for Prince Edward Islanders or Newfoundlanders. And just as coming across the wire from CTV News at 4.30 uh, Eastern Time as I was getting ready, people traveling from New Brunswick to Nova Scotia now no longer need to isolate for 14 days if they've had two COVID shots and the second shot was at least 14 days ago. Nova Scotia's chief medical officer, Dr. Robert Strang, told CTV Atlantic today this change will apply to the rest of Canada next Wednesday. Another footnote to the story. The leader of Nova Scotia's Progressive Conservative Party has officially removed a member of that province's legislative assembly from their PC caucus after she encouraged that protesters blocked the provincial line between Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. In a statement issued this morning, Nova Scotia Progressive Conservative leader Tim Houston announced that Elizabeth Smith McCrossan, the provincial legislator representing the Cumberland North District, who got on Facebook, has been removed from that party's caucus and will not be permitted to run under that party's banner in the future, all for encouraging people to commit that blockade, which in fact happened. In New York City, the cold-blooded bandit who shot a man on the head and then stripped his dying victim of his jewelry during a caught-on-video clash on, on an upper Manhattan street may be part of a brazen robbery crew responsible for other violent muggings in the city. The NYPD chief of detective James Essex said during a press conference at the NYPD headquarters yesterday, reported on by the Daily News, quote, this looks like a straight-up robbery crew, so we are looking at all the robberies in the area. The investigators believe the killer and his two accomplices, all dressed in black and wearing masks, targeted victim Milton Grant and his friend, who was also shot but survived, after spotting them sporting flashy jewelry at a Manhattan club. Grant, the 34-year-old father of twin boys, and his friend were driving through in the Inwood neighborhood of northern Manhattan when he pulled over near the corner of Dykeman Street near Vermilia Avenue just before 5 Monday morning to let a second friend use the bathroom. That's when cops say the robbers tailing them jumped out of their car and charged the BMW. Two of the men had guns, one of which appears to have had a silencer. One of the crooks shot Grant, whose sons are age 3, in the head as he tried to drive away from the mayhem. And shocking video released by the NYPD shows that after Grant's BMW crashed into a building, the gunman ran over and climbed inside to steal the dying man's jewelry. The other two went after Grant's childhood friend, 33-year-old Randall Chacon, who was shot in the groin as he ran for his life. Grant died at the scene. His killers sped away uptown in the car driven by their getaway car driver and remained the targets of an NYPD manhunt. Anybody with information? is encouraged to call Crime Stoppers in New York City, 800-577-TIPS. That's 800-577-TIPS. All calls will be kept confidential. Into Vermont now. And the former UPS store owner in Newport, who had violated Governor Scott's emergency mask mandate, well, he's been fined $850. The judge agreed to the state's request for a $50-a-day fine 
For the 17 days, Andre Desatel was out of compliance. Desatel argued the fine should be less, a dollar a day, since he thinks the mask mandate was illegal. The Attorney General and Desatel agreed the state has no evidence anyone caught COVID in the shop or that Desatel influenced other businesses to follow suit. UPS severed its relationship with that store for violating its uniform policy. Desatel has since, dis- since moved his business from downtown Newport to a location in Derby. No longer a UPS franchise. Now the Bob's World 4-Day Forecast for Northeast Vermont, Northern New Hampshire, and Southern, New ha- and, uh, Southern Quebec. A few passing clouds uh, tonight, low 48, a south-southeast wind 5 to 10 miles an hour. Tomorrow, except for a few afternoon clouds, mainly sunny, high 81. Tomorrow night, partly cloudy skies in the evening, then becoming cloudy overnight, low 62. Saturday, cloudy early, and as you can tell from that warmer overnight low, things are getting a little bit more humid again. Scattered thunderstorms developing later Saturday, high up to 80. Cloudy skies Sunday, a stray shower or thunderstorm is possible up to 90 by Monday, and staying up there near 90 on Monday with partly to mostly cloudy skies and a chance for thunderstorms. Hi, I'm Greg Peterson of the Peterson Farm Brothers. If you've seen our videos, you know we're proud to be farmers. Farming can be dangerous. Never assume location or depth of underground utilities or pipelines. Before you start any work on your farm, call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com to have underground lines located. It only takes a minute and can save your life. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. This is a public service announcement test from TakeMeFishing.org to determine if you need a fishing license and boat registration before heading out on the water. Let us begin. Are you a bear? Do you have a beak? Do you have plumage? Please tell me you answered no, which means you need to get a fishing license and have your boat registered because it helps local conservation efforts protect the very natural resources you enjoy boating and fishing in for generations to come. Do your part at TakeMeFishing.org. Now the numbers from around the region. We'll start off in Montreal. They have a sunny 74 at 6.48 in the evening. Boston is mostly sunny, 67. Midtown Manhattan, sunny and 70. Ogdensburg along the St. Lawrence Valley, 78 degrees and sunny. Eastern Maine, Bangor, mostly sunny and 70 degrees. Looking at uh, further east, Halifax, mostly cloudy, 64. St. John, mostly sunny, 63. Eastport, Maine, sunny skies, 66. Rockland, sunny, 67. Old Orchard Beach, sunny and 65. Moving over to Kent Corners, New York and Putnam County, sunny and 72. Berlin, New Hampshire, sunny, 71. Pioneer Valley of Massachusetts, Springfield checking in this hour with 75 degrees under sunny skies out on Cape Cod. Sunny and 65 in Chatham, Hartford 74, and sunny skies. Again in St. Johnsbury, 74 and sunny with a great air quality. A wind out of the south at 6 miles an hour, visibility at 10 miles. Barometric pressure, a very nice high 30.25 inches of mercury. Again, 74 and sunny in St. Johnsbury at 649. The high today was 77. The overnight low tonight will be 48. And the news continues on this last weekday edition of Bob's World. 
A man accused of tampering with pizza dough at supermarkets in Maine and New Hampshire has pleaded guilty in federal court. An agreement caps Nicholas Mitchell's sentence at four years and nine months for one count of tampering with a consumer product. He was arrested on October 2020 after razor blades were found in pizza dough sold at a Hannaford supermarket in Saco, Maine. The crime led to a recall of the pizza dough at Hannaford stores in five states. The recall then extended to Shaw's and Star Market stores. Police in Manchester, New Hampshire, believe that a phone scam led to concern that a woman and her four-year-old son were in danger and caused authorities to issue an Amber Alert. New Hampshire State Police issued the alert Tuesday afternoon. It was soon canceled after the woman and child were found safe by Manchester police. Police say there is no indication that they were ever in danger. Police say that in these scams, someone calls the victim and says a family member is in trouble. They demand money for the individual's safe return. The caller insists that the victim not hang up. This is an attempt to shut down any communication with the victim's family and friends. And you've heard of stolen vehicles. How about a million-dollar yacht? WCAX in Burlington reports that a yacht was reported stolen Tuesday morning on Lake Champlain. It was later recovered on the other side of Lake Champlain at Vermont State Park. St. Albans police say the 48-foot yacht Volans was stolen from Rouse's Point, New York, just on the other side of the lake. Authorities, including a U.S. Customs and Border Protection helicopter, traced the boat to Burton Island State Park off St. Albans on the Vermont side. Police say the operator, 56-year-old Robert Morris of Jericho, Vermont, was arrested on charges of operating without the owner's consent and possession of stolen property. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Amine. Sometimes starting a conversation with a friend about mental health can feel awkward, but your support can make a huge difference. You know your friends best, so if you feel like something's wrong, trust your instinct and reach out. Learn how to start the conversation at SeizeTheAwkward.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. You're listening to Bob's World, the final weekday edition on this Thursday, June the 24th. It is Saint-Jean-Baptiste Day in Quebec. Bonne fête nationale to you. The 175th day of 2021, there are 190 days left in the year. That should be interesting with Saint-Jean-Baptiste Day, uh, Quebec's national holiday, also coinciding with a Montreal Canadiens playoff game against the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights. That's happening at Bell Center this evening. Uh, One reporter said to another up in a Montreal newsroom, and this was over Facebook, wear your helmet when you go on assignment tomorrow morning. 
we know what Montreal can get like get like when playoff fever grips the city. And we've also seen what, in the past, what Saint-Jean-Baptiste uh, has turned into, uh, usually infused with a particular kind of uh, liquor that is consumed. In addition to the beer and wine that, that you know of, and if you travel to uh, Quebec, uh, you know that there are certain brands of beer and certain strengths of beer that just aren't sold outside the province for one reason or another. And that that gets consumed. Well, there's this other thing. Uh, if you if you'll do a web search for caribou drink Quebec, I'm not talking about caribou coffee that comes out of Alaska, and that you'll be completely sober after you've had caribou coffee, unless you add something else to it. That's your business. We're talking about the caribou drink, which is. I, I guess you'd call it uh, an after-dinner drink. It is a cocktail made with a type, your choice of red wine, because nobody's really paying attention to what kind of red wine it is. And then you mix it with, it's, it's a 25, 25% red port wine, a 25% whiskey. There is a little bit of warm maple syrup poured in there. And some people thin it out a little bit with some sparkling mineral water. And uh, it, it, <laughs> sometimes there's some cinnamon in there. It was initially started as a wintertime drink. Uh, with the Quebec Carnival, which is usually between February the 4th and 14th. Not exactly correct on the dates, I don't think, but it is the first couple of weeks of February nonetheless. And that, that cocktail was usually served in ice glasses because it's that cold up there in February. And it somehow migrated to becoming part of Saint-Jean-Baptiste Day celebrations, which would, of course, happen on this evening of the 24th. Named after the patron saint of the French-Canadian people and, uh, of, of, uh, and the liquor got involved. And it, it's, it's not the problem isn't the liquor. It's when people have too much of it and they're in a crowd. And heaven help them if the Montreal Canadiens lose the game. That's all I'm saying. I'm just the messenger here. I'm just the messenger here. Thursday, June the 24th, a rock singer Arthur Brown is 79. Jeff Beck is 77. Producer, actor Mindy Kaling, 42. Musician Mick Fleetwood is 74. He is drummer, co-founder, and leader of Fleetwood Mac. This tune peaked at number 11 in June of 1976. Memories like a 
and Rhiannon. A final weekday edition of Bob's World on the Saint-Jean-Baptiste Fête Nationale de Québec, June the 24th. This date in history, 1497, the first recorded sighting of North America by a European took place as uh, explorer John Cabot spotted land, probably uh, present-day Canada. Hispaniola not considered North America by a geographic standpoint, in case you were wondering, seeing as Columbus landed in 1492, a couple of years earlier. 1807, a grand jury in Richmond, Virginia, indicted former Vice President Aaron Burr on charges of treason and high misdemeanor. He was later acquitted. 1880, O Canada, the future Canadian national anthem, was first performed in Quebec City. 1940, France signed an armistice with Italy during World War II. 1947, what's regarded as the first modern UFO sighting, took place as private pilot Kenneth Arnold, an Ohio businessman, reported seeing nine silvery objects flying in a weaving formation near Mount Rainier in Washington State. In uh, 1948, communist forces cut off all land and water routes between West Germany and West Berlin, prompting the Western Allies to organize the Berlin Airlift. 1957, the U.S. Supreme Court in Roth versus United States ruled 6-3 to three that obscene materials were not protected by the First Amendment. 1964, AT&T inaugurated commercial picture phone service between New York, Chicago, and Washington, D.C. 1964, now we call that Zoom, I guess. The service did not catch on in 1964. 1973, President Richard Nixon concluded his summit with the visiting leader of the Soviet Union, Leonid Brezhnev, who hailed the talks in an address on American TV. 1983, Special Challenger, carrying America's first woman in space, Sally Ride, coasted to a safe landing at Edwards Air Force Base in California. In 1992, the Supreme Court, in a 5-4 to decision, strengthened its 30-year ban on officially sponsored worship in public schools, prohibiting prayer as a part of graduation ceremonies. Ten years ago, a defiant U.S. House voted overwhelmingly to deny President Barack Obama the authority to wage war against Libya, but Republicans fell short in an effort to actually cut off funds for the operation, and New York State legalized same-sex marriage. Rock musician John Ilsley of Dire Straits is 72. I'll be on after this tune. For a parting word, but uh, this uh, this song, which was recorded as a demo at Pathway Studios in North London, July 1977, then quickly got a following after being put in rotation on BBC Radio London. Then record execs started to take notice, and it took off. The record company actually wanted a less polished rock sound for the radio, so an alternative version was recorded a year later and released as the single in some countries, including the UK and Germany. The single would hit the top five in Canada, South Africa, the U.S., as well as the top ten in Australia, Ireland, and the U.K. I'll be back for a final word after Dire Straits, Sultans of Swing. You get a shiver in the dark, it's raining in the park. 
Straits, Sultans of Swing. We started this podcast, I started this podcast, to keep myself busy and to hopefully keep you better informed on that unique mix of stories which originate in places like Quebec, the Maritimes, New England, and New York, and bring it together in one place. I honestly wanted to have more interviews, and we have had a, we had a great one yesterday. Uh, my friend Mike Olmstead and I had some great back and forth during our Friday get-togethers in the winter and early spring. At the start, I told you this was initially done to keep me busy while being cooped up inside, and I got my second COVID shot more than a month and a half ago, and plenty of you have as well, and I have plenty to do, as I know you do as well. It's my very last course in graduate school, which will be keeping me busy over the next month or so, along with the fact that the world tends to slow a little in the summer months. Today happens to be Saint-Jean-Baptiste Day, a big holiday in Quebec, and uh, it refers to the patron saint of the French-Canadian people. Next Thursday is Canada Day. A few days after that, Independence Day in the U.S., so it seems like just the right time to take some time off of this and get in touch with nature and execute some of the plans I've had for the future for a long time. After all, by the fall, I'll actually have the MBA degree I've been working on in my hand as it will have been completed before mid-August. I will always keep a place in Northeast Vermont, but it is extremely likely that my nucleus of activity will be just north of New York City in not that long. But I'm not completely going away. I'll keep meeting up with you wherever you get your podcasts each Wednesday through July. Uh, that's all from here. I'm Bob Welch. Thanks for listening. Good luck and be well. And that music you hear at the beginning of the podcast, it's an entire song by a fellow named Al Ham. He wrote jingles entitled Move Closer to Your World, a news director at the former WNAC-TV Channel 7 in Boston first put it on as theme music for their broadcast in the early 70s. It was actually composed by Al Ham for WNAC-TV, and when the news director was fired, which happens often in this crazy business of broadcasting, he took the music with him when he landed in Philadelphia at WPVI Channel 6 and Action News in 1972. 
The music has been on their newscast in Philly ever since. They tried to doctor the music by hiring the Philharmonic to cover it in 1995. It was on for exactly a week. They were flooded with phone calls, all complaints. They switched it back to Al Ham's version. It is that music that I leave you with today, and I'll see you around the band. to your world.